Hey everybody, we are live with another session of our collective Hotelier Pulse session with great hotels of the world and guest centric. And of course, joining me for today's session is none other than Pedro Calaco. Hey, Andre. Of both companies. Pedro, how are you? It's been a while. Good. Good. It's been a while, yes. Are you well? Yeah, things are, uh, are okay, I guess. Good, good. Glad it's to hear. You, Glad uh, to hear. You know, uh, this new scare that I think people are riding on is, is uh, yeah. getting me a little bit upset, but uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I think I think we should maybe touch on that a little bit because it seems like uh, things are starting to go a little bit backwards in terms of uh, everything. So let's, yeah, let's talk about that. But before we get started, let me also bring in our guest for today. Uh, we're joined by the lovely Nadia Dahlman, who is the head of marketing and PR at Hotel Half in Hamburg and Empire Riverside Hotel. Nadia, lovely to have you join us. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, guys. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Are you well? How's the weather there? I'm well. It's pretty cool outside and very rainy, so typical weather in Hamburg, I guess. Typical Hamburg weather. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can stay inside and have some good drinks and food. I do. I do. And talking to you is a good choice. For every day, I guess. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's get started. Um, Pedro, this is the 19th edition of the Hotelier Pulse Report. And Indeed. I know you've got the, the report here. So should I bring that up also and add it into yeah. the Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, before we get started, did you want to do any kind of introduction or just talk through any of the initial results, or shall we just get straight into it? Certainly, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have any any intro prepared, but but what I would like to say is, in the last, you know, in the last um, uh, version of the report, everybody was very optimistic. We just came out of a really, you know, uh, good summer, I think, overall, considering where the expectation was. Um, and uh, I just brought up this graph because I think this sort of shows where people were 30 days ago, which yeah. was, you know, that um, they're feeling a lot of them or actually that the large amount of the uh, majority of people were thinking they're going to close out 2021 better than 2020. And, yeah. the, and actually, we're still seeing that. Uh, and, uh, um, and only a very few amount a very few, you know, 10% or so said that they were actually going to have a down year from 2020. So I think people 30 days ago were in a very optimistic mood, but as mm -hmm. uh, we were just talking, I think this latest sort of wave of lockdowns in Europe has really thrown a monkey wrench into the engine. And, um, and I think people are now getting again uh, a bit uh, skeptic about what's going to happen in 2022 because everybody was thinking that with you know the high vaccination rates um, that we would have sort of a scatheless winter. It did not mean that we would have a booming winter, but we would go through the winter sort of uh, solidly. And uh, and apparently that's not what's happening. And uh, yeah, we just have somebody that came back from IBTM from Barcelona. Um, today and they said that basically there were no Germans to be seen in Barcelona because of all the concerns and all the lockdowns and all this. There were no what? So, sorry, Germans. Oh, Germans. So, okay, right. So, so I think that again we're starting to see you know the whole of Europe sort of disaggregating into you know focuses of activity and focuses of non-activity, and this drives a lot of uncertainty for the future. And that's yeah. obviously a big concern. No, it is a concern. You're absolutely right. And I think given the fact that 
essentially the public was told once the vaccinations get to a certain level, then things should really start to go back to normal. But um, that was before everyone realised that the, um, the potency of the vaccinations kind of waned after a period of time. Uh, therefore, you needed boosters. And now with this new variant coming through, yeah, and we've got winter coming. It's knocking on the door. And I think winter yeah. is always a tough, tough period. But let's not, let's not dwell too much on that because I know the report that we, that we focused on for the edition um, actually shows hoteliers are uh, increasingly optimistic about business performance over the next 12 months. Now, absolutely, you've just said this is relatively new, this information that we've just discussed, but um, resorts have also shown their highest level of optimism, optimism and, and also city centre hotels seem to be the least optimistic. Um, so, Nadia, it might be a good opportunity just to, to bring you in here and ask you, do you agree with that sentiment, given your properties are city-based properties? And what are you seeing in the business today and, and what are your expectations over the next 12 months? Mm -hmm. um, I do understand the feeling of all the other hoteliers, uh, especially if they are from, from cities like Berlin or Frankfurt or other cities in Germany, or especially in the, in the whole world. Um, for me and for Hamburg, I, I am a bit more optimistic because normally um, when you are traveling to a city, um, what is the thing that really appeals for the city? It's the cultural offer, it's restaurants and bars. And if all this stuff is closed and people are not feeling safe, of course, they are not traveling to the cities. They rather, rather travel to, I don't know, Bavaria, Northern Sea, Baltic Sea. Um, all these uh, regions with the beautiful um, natural habitat. Um, but Hamburg is a city um, which is appealing even in times of COVID-19 because it is close to, to the northern and the Baltic Sea, because it is not so uh, dependent on, on mice travel and because it has a beautiful countryside, basically. So um, what we experienced um, throughout the last two years is that if people allowed, are allowed to travel and if they are feeling safe, they are traveling. So especially for Hamburg, I'm not that pessimistic as all the other hoteliers in the other city centers. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's a good sign. That's very good. Um, and I think... Yeah, that's obviously very encouraging. This, yeah, absolutely. And with this slide, Pedro, it's also... It looks encouraging, right? Absolutely, I think. And and honestly, even though I think people are just getting tired of this going back and forth, right? And therefore, um, any sort of bad news throws a, a few people sort of in a panic. Uh, I don't think that that's uh, necessary either, to be very honest. Because if you look at you know the impact that the pandemic is having in terms of public health in Europe, is still fairly you know um, controlled. Uh, as uh, as Nadia was saying, we are seeing you know partial lockdowns, but mostly uh, you know bars and restaurants are open, and and actually you know here in Portugal where, where I am, um, we even have st still clubs open, so people can still go out and dance uh, all night all yeah. long if they want to. So yeah. so yeah. so I think that we're going to go through here. I think people are afraid of the Christmas period where there's a, just a lot of socializing, but I think as soon as 2022 starts up and and if we've gone through Christmas sort of unscathed, then I think um, this optimism is going to set back in. And people were already, this is the low season, right? We're deep in low season right now. So so, so um, we wouldn't be expecting to be doing, you know, gangbusters right now. So we have to take it all with a little bit of a grain of salt. That's, that's what I would say. 
Yeah, very true. But I'm still very optimistic. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. I think it has a lot to do with uh, social desirability. So because you want to travel, but because of your neighbors or your um, friends or parents tell you to better don't do it because because you are um, saving the society, um, they just don't travel. And I think, um, yeah, that's that's another reason why travels are decreasing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, before we get any further, I just wanted to make a mention for the audience watching. If you have any questions for Pedro or for Nadia, please make sure um, in the comments section to just direct it to the person that you'd like to ask the question of or any comments, please feel free. And also, I just had up on the screen, I'll pop it up again, the, um, the report uh, in order for you to fill it out. If you're a hotelier, uh, please um, uh, add your data into this report and um, help us grow the information because it all helps to produce these reports that uh, Guest Centric and Pedro and his team put together. Um, so, yeah, very good. And, of course, the report is available for download um, on, um, in the link in the, in the description of, on LinkedIn and also it will be available on our website. Okay, so let's keep going because I know also with this report, Pedro, that it shows the majority of hoteliers expect marketing investments, ADRs and direct bookings to also increase over the next 12 months, which is clearly in line with with what you would expect if there's optimism there. Um, so Nadia, again, coming just back to you, do you feel or why, in your opinion, is this the case and how, again, are you, are you shaping your business and your commercial strategy around that so that you guys can also maximize those opportunities? Yeah. Um, actually, this didn't uh, surprise me at all because if you've got a lack of business travelers and you want um, a high occupancy, you have to have smaller businesses, you have to have an increase in leisure business. So what do you need? You need more marketing. You need um, to really talk to these people and to get them engaged um, to, to do a booking, basically. So um, this report shows everything I or we experienced um, the last years. Um, and I think it's something like... Um, like um, of course, if you increase the marketing budget, um, the ADR and um, the direct bookings should increase. Otherwise, the investment was just wrong. You invested in the wrong places. Um, so this is pretty pretty normal. And we did a lot uh, during the last years, or better, uh, we just didn't stop to invest in marketing uh, just because of COVID-19. So we did a lot in terms of digitalization. We did a lot in terms of uh, website. But also we have been um, way more brave and flexible and agile than the years before. We just had something like um, we tried something, we stopped. If it didn't work, we tried something else. So it was more like a try and error strategy throughout the last two years. And it really um, came out very well because um, looking at the statistics from the last months, October this year, so um, two months ago, has been the best year we ever had uh, in terms of revenue and um, website revenue and in terms of direct bookings. We nearly had wow. 70 to 80% direct bookings. We never had that um, data before. So, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. That's that, that's again, that's not the first time I've heard that, especially during yeah. this, this period. And I know Pedro agrees with that. Um, 
But Nadia, can I ask you also, you, you, you gave examples of saying that you made some changes to the website and also your, uh, you, your digitization. Can you give us some examples? Can you kind of drill down on a couple of specific areas that, that you did adjust um, so that, uh, yeah, we've got some, some clear examples of what you did? Yeah. Um, we had, for example, a whole strategy around um, our communication of COVID-19. So we had an FAQ page, um, first of all, in, in the beginning of the, of the pandemic. Um, and we um, really told our customers, you're safe right here, do, our direct, uh, do a direct booking so we can inform you. Um, if, if there's anything you need to know, just don't book. Uh, via an OTA because then we are not allowed to inform you. We can't inform you because you just basically don't get uh, the messages. Um, second of all, we really um, did a lot in terms of digitalization. So the whole online check-in process um, and the things before and after the booking has been digital, uh, digitalized. Um, so in terms of that, and then um, we did a lot in terms of revenue, so revenue marketing, we just um, had a whole different structure in terms of prices and rates, and we had an uh, online booking rate. So the the easiest way and um, the cheapest way to book a room in a hotel was throughout our website. And even if a customer called us and asked, "Okay, can I can I book a room?" We just told him or. Uh, yeah, you can do that, but just book it throughout our website and it's uh, the cheapest way for you. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. Um, we also have a question um, from uh, my colleague, Leah. Um, she's first of all saying 70 80% share in direct bookings is very impressive. So congratulations that that is. Um, but she asked, she's asking what factors do, do, drive, do drive this? But what would you say are the factors that drive that? Mm hmm um, I would say it's a potpourri of different uh, reasons. First of all, it was the rate, so the online booking rate, the price you only get throughout our website. And we communicated it, uh, it's like that on our website, but um, on different channels as well. Um, then we did a lot in terms of uh, CRM. So to engage the customers who already have been to your hotel to, to book another time directly with our website. And um, then we did a lot in, um, with uh, Zia and Zio, so search engine optimization, yeah. so that the customer really can, can find our website and can find the entrance to, to our um, booking engine. And yeah. Yeah, excellent. Okay, great. Um, Pedro, I know you've, you've brought up a couple of slides here. Do you want to talk through any of those? Sure. Uh, so um, first, I wanted to go back and, and just sort of show what you were talking about, which is really that November was a fantastic month in terms of mood, I think, uh, in the industry. You know, not only were people realizing that they were going to, I think also as the, the year comes to an end, people are now starting to do the balance and doing, you know, sort of trying to budget for 2022, which is anyway um, a very difficult thing to do, but people are now basically adding up and they're saying, oh, we're already better than 2021. So even if we shut down, we, then 2020. So so I think people are, are that, that optimism is setting in and therefore, as they're thinking about, you know, 2022, they, they're saying, you know, ADR is going to improve. We're going to spend more on, 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 um, on, uh, on marketing. And there's this expectation that direct bookings are going to go up. And I'm going to come back to this in one second because I'm not quite sure that that's what's going to happen in 2022. Um, so 
and if you look at all the trends, we see, you know, that's the, the orange line is the booked ADR, right? So I'm not talking about stays. I'm just talking about books or so future bookings. And we see that actually we were able to keep in line, if not better than 2019 in, 20, mm -hmm. in, in 2021. So people are very optimistic regarding what's coming down the pike. Um, what I, where I seem to have a different opinion is in terms of the, the channel mix. So obviously uh, this year, uh, Direct has been tremendous. Um, I think we've seen that across the board. I believe that a lot of it has been because guests have been engaging hotels directly, not necessarily to book, but to assess how the situation is, what can they do, what cannot they do, is there housekeeping, is there this, is there that. So uh, because guests are engaging with hotels directly, they then, it's easy, as Nadi was saying, sort of to encourage them to book direct. And they also see the value of booking direct and getting whatever refundable uh, rate uh, terms and conditions they get with that. I think, uh, so that's one piece of the pie, right? And that's why direct has been so strong. I think the second piece why direct has been so strong is that um, booking.com and Expedia sort of retreated into, um, into sort of hibernation, certainly in terms of performance marketing. And therefore, um, the consumers were not being bombarded with messages from the OTAs trying to get to capture those bookings. I believe that 2022 is going to look very different, to be very honest. Uh, for one, um, I, we're already seeing Booking.com and Expedia being very, very aggressive in terms of engaging consumers. You know, we all um, that sign up for these things, we get, you know, emails literally every couple of days saying, I'll give you 10%, I'll give you 100 bucks, I'll give you this, I'll give you that from the OTAs if you book with us, which mm -hmm. is something that did not happen during, you know, the height of the pandemic. And, and they're starting to re-engage in, in, uh, in performance marketing. So I think it's, they're going to be very aggressive in 2022, trying to make up for what they lost in 2021. So that means that in 2022, we're going to have to fight a lot harder to get those direct bookings. So I would expect that maintaining a very high level of direct bookings is possible. It's just going to be a lot more work in 2022 than it was in 2021. Therefore, we have to have more tech that does the work for us. And we have to continue to engage the guests and give them some reason to talk to us directly and, and instead of, of, of relying on the OTAs. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of on the direct. Uh, the other thing that I thought was very encouraging in November which you see here is that the GDS was getting to sort of, I wouldn't say normal numbers because we're probably at 40% of what's of normal, but the GDS was really picking up steam. Um, obviously a lot of this is still driven from the U S where we haven't seen a drop, uh, but also in Europe. Uh, and we were starting to see some significant business travel happening. Um, and that in, unfortunately in the last couple of weeks has just, you know, uh, fallen off the bottom. So, so I think that this, you know, start stop thing is um, is going to be with us here probably until somewhere around Easter, and uh, yeah. and that that's my expectation is that that um, so on the direct side that we're going to have to fight harder uh, for the direct bookings, and then on the on the GDS and on the corporate travel that it's still going to be start and stop at, uh, in Europe for the next few months. I think that the U.S. is in a again in a very different position where. Uh, we're starting to see uh, some consistent demand also on the GDS. 
Right, right. Nadia, just coming back to you, um, we have one other question in relation to, to the increase of your direct bookings. Um, Clinton Campbell, who's a commercial director at Apex Hotels, asked, is your direct share from online or offline? I would guess predominantly more online. It's 80% from the online. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But we okay, do have, I think it was 65% is, is digital booking, so... Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. And Clinton, thank you for your question. Apologies. I'm not sure why you didn't come up as uh, as your name on the display there, but uh, we got you there anyway. So thanks very much for joining us. Um, also, uh, Nadia, just coming back to you from what Pedro just mentioned about this more aggressive approach now by the OTAs, because I've also um, heard that and I've seen that as well. Is that something that you guys um, with your hotels, is that something that you, you really... Uh, becoming more aware of as well? And, and if so, are you starting to put plans in place to make sure that you can try to maintain that, that percentage of direct that you are getting now? Yeah, um, I think hotels do need booking.com. Um, we all don't want them and we all want our customers to, to book direct, but we just need them. And it would be wrong to say, okay, we can, we can exist without them. Um, but uh, of course, we are aware of that. Uh, for example, when you when you just um, told us, Pedro, that uh, they have been uh, less active in 2021, I do agree, because um, for example, uh, if you Google the words uh, "hotel Hamburg," it was not possible at all for the last years to to do a search engine advertising to these keywords because it was. Um, um link to booking.com or to hrs or all the other otas but during 2020 and 2021 it was possible for hoteliers to um to book those keywords and to have an advertisement for hotel hamburg and that's what we did and of course um this is what um, made our direct bookings that strong and of course it will be um, not that easy anymore to to do it in 2020 uh, if they are getting strong and if they are uh, increasing their marketing um, investment. So, um, yeah, I think the goal should be to, to never stop to uh, find ways to engage your customers to book directly. So I already talked about C, um, CRM, so customer relationship management, to just tell them why it is um, important to book direct and what are the benefits to book direct. And of course, also for new customers, just um, do have a good website, um, easily accessible uh, with an easy entrance to the booking engine, make everything that the customer is um wants to book online and direct with their hotel and not uh, with the OTA. Of course, he, he or she can, can have a look on the OTAs and see what hotels are there in the uh, city or the region he or she wants to book, but uh, yeah. make everything that he just informs himself on booking.com and books directly yeah. on the hotel website. Yeah, that would be the ideal, wouldn't it? We have a, a, another um, comment question from Christian Heck, who's, um, hotelier hotel and, and uh, living am um, Christian, I hope I pronounced that correctly. My my German is really bad. And I've lived here for so long now. It's, there's no excuse. <laughs> um, his question is that he saw that all direct bookings, even with flexible rates on the website, need to be guaranteed by credit card. 
Um, while having a great demand of German travellers, how does it come that direct booking quota is so high or quota is so high, given the fact that we know that the um, Germans typically don't like to share their credit card details online? That's a good question. And, and obviously, given as he's a hotelier, I'm sure he's probably um, curious to know how that's achievable. Yeah, Thanks, I think Christian. It's a question for me, correct? Yes, correct. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, basically, it's just not correct that every uh, booking has to be guaranteed by credit cards. We also have PayPal, for example. We do have okay. um, Klarna, so support überweisung. Um, yep. Actually, that is why the amount of direct bookings are that strong. Okay, great. And for the audience that doesn't understand uh, support überweisung, I can explain that yeah, one. Sorry. That's essentially <laughs> basically a bank transfer from one account to the other immediately through the, through the, you, through the internet. No problem. <laughs> See, my German's not that bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, Pedro, did you want to talk about this slide at all? No, uh, again, uh, these are just um, uh, our year, uh, you know, November end uh, numbers. And you look, if you look, you know, the trend has been quite stable for uh, the course of the year, right? So, yeah. again, these are, these are gross bookings minus cancellation. So, they're net bookings per month. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the gap certainly to 2020 continues to grow. And I think that's why people are so optimistic. Uh, but also we're very far from the blue line, which is uh, 2019. So yeah, I just want to, I think this sort of puts it in perspective, right? I think that there's a lot of optimism because the gap is is widening to 2020. Uh, but I think there's still ways to go to go back to 2019. But we shouldn't forget 2019 was an outstanding best year ever, right? So uh, the industry can do being a little bit below 2019 and still be, you know, very happy. doing so, well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, also, with this report, I, I, and I know we're kind of talking about data now that, that since Omicron has come out, it's kind of affected it. But um, in that report, 82% of hoteliers expect 2021 revenues to significantly outperform 2020 levels. Yes. Um, and, and another question I have for, um, for, for Nadia now, based on that, is given the um, expected growth to con do you expect the growth to continue in 22? given what we know now uh, uh, that, that we're facing and and in your view what are some of the factors that potentially could alter whatever forecasts you might be for better or for worse obviously we know that the COVID component is going to play that but are there any other factors that might um, potentially um, alter that forecast that you might have had um, I do agree that 2022 sorry, will be better than um, last year or this year. Um, but just because of the fact that from January to the end of May, everything has been closed in Germany. So it's not, it's not. Um, it should be difficult. <laughs> yeah, if, it, it, if it will be uh, better than this year. But of course, um, yeah. COVID is, is the biggest factor. Vaccination rate is a, is a big factor, um, as well as if the society or the people feel safe. And uh, I already talked about a social desirability. If it's okay to travel, or if you have to discuss and um, tell everybody, yeah, I know you don't want me to travel, but I do it anyways. So um, this is a factor. And then, yeah, um, I think most importantly, it is to, to don't stop being agile and flexible and to really um, 
have a look at the data and talk to your teams um, more often than before COVID-19. And if you do that, um, there's a big chance that next year will be better than this year. Yeah, yeah. I think also um, the report, and I think this is the slide, uh, Pedro, correct me if I'm wrong, but the report also um, showed that an increasing number of hoteliers seem less concerned about shaping offers around the local market um, and rather increasingly focused on tackling new markets and upskilling the workforce, um, which is what they see rather than in terms of their short-term recovery priorities. Um, is that what is this what this slide is kind of representing? And if it is, do you want to talk about it before I go to Nadia? Sure. And, and sure. Ask her? Uh, uh, I think uh, uh, I think what this slide shows is that you know for a long part of the pandemic, people were worried about creating special offers and actually you know sort of maybe going after the local markets. Um, I'm ambivalent on this, to be very honest. I think that 2022 can go one of both ways. Um, one is domestic market, certainly the leisure travel may be decreased because people are not afraid to travel internationally anymore. And therefore, they're going to go to their, you know, to their usual destinations. So the Northern Europeans are going to travel south. The Americans are going to travel to resort uh, areas in the summer, right? And therefore, the... The, the, the destinations that really uh, grew during the pandemic potentially are going to not be in such a good place in, uh, in 2022. That's one way to go. The other way to go is no, people are uh, going to actually split their vacations and they're going to spend some of their time closer to home and some of their time internationally, which in effect would probably just, uh, you know, grow the whole market overall. So I'm not sure where, where this is going to go, but, but, and that's why I think this version of not shaping offers around the local market, I, I think seems a little myopic to me. I, I would say that that's one of the sort of um, paradigm ch changes that we could embrace from, from, from COVID, which is we should be in the local market. We should try to get, you know, people to travel to our destinations from our own countries uh, because not only, you know, is that the right thing to do in, in for the environment and so on and so forth, but also because uh, that they, they will always be sort of a second leg of, of, of a three-legged stool where you have, you know, international travelers, corporate travelers, and maybe domestic leisure travelers, which have been mostly ignored, certainly in city center hotels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And Nadia, do you agree or, or disagree with that sentiment and context for, for your hotels and, and the market you're facing today? You know, based on the state of the market within your area, what do you think uh, other hotels should be prioritizing as they continue a, a recovery, let's say? Yeah. Well, Hamburg, um, a lot of uh, travelers traveling to Hamburg are domestic travelers. So that is the good information for hotels in Hamburg. And also Hamburg is not that um, harsh market. It's a quite easy market because it's uh, naturally appealing to, to domestic travelers. And I also, I already talked about um, the natural and the countryside and, and stuff. And there are actually a lot of good individual and independent hotels in Hamburg that are doing uh, a lot in terms of um, talking for the region and for the for the city. And we do have a good um, marketing for our destinations, so basically a good destination marketing. So um, I think it won't be that hard 
for hotels in Hamburg speaking in, in short terms. So I would um, answer the question with a bit wider perspective, because I think, of course, it is important to focus on short-term recovery. We all need the money. We all need to have our guests back. But I think it's um, mainly as important um, to um, don't lose the focus on the long-term long -term goals and to don't lose the focus on on things like uh, digitalization, direct bookings, and of course, uh, human resources. I think we are, uh, everybody is talking about, okay, how do we get uh, our guests? But um, the past has shown if we have the guests, we don't have um, the people serving the guests. So we can't, yeah. we just can't um, welcome the amount of guests we, we wanted to, to have in a hotel. So I think yeah. it's um, very important to don't lose focus on that because if you are not thinking of your staff in bad times, they just won't be there in good times. Yeah, okay, that's a very good point. Um, we have a, a couple more questions coming in from the audience. The first one again from, from Leah. Um, how do you and your teams make sure to really know your customer? Have you, uh, did, did the customer profiles change over the past 20 months for your properties in Hamburg? Or are you targeting more or less the same customers as per pre-pandemic? Mm -hmm. That's a very uh, interesting question, as um, especially for Hotel Half in Hamburg. Remember, I work for both hotels, Empire Riverside Hotel and Hotel Half in Hamburg. The whole product changed because we did uh, a lot of renovation work um, with our F&B uh, department. So all our restaurants and bars uh, are brand new and renovated and have been um ready for the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> so, of course, that has an impact to, to our customers and who we, who we are trying to reach. And maybe we can, we can reach uh, some, some younger customers than we did before, before the renovation. Um, and that is something that really helped throughout the pandemic. But yes, I think it is important to, to have focus on who is your target group right now or before COVID-19 and does it have to change? Are, are they um, able to, to travel or are they too old or too, are they a vulnerable uh, target group and you need, to, you need to change to another customer group? And um, I think the question was how we are getting the data, right? So yeah. basically, basically it's, two, it's two things. First of all, looking at the data so from our customer relationship management system, but also from our PMS, and then uh, talking to our um, to our teams and to the customers. So we do have a lot of direct contact to our customers, either it is at the reception when they are checking in or checking out, but also um, they we do have a lot of engagement on social media and on um, on newsletters. Even if we don't expect an answer, we do get the answers and they are telling us why they are not traveling or why they are traveling. And uh, so we do have a lot of information of our customers and we just use them to, to reach and engage them. Okay, great. Have you noticed the profiles change at all over the pandemic period or are you seeing that you're essentially targeting the same? Yeah, the no, same they pattern? have changed. They have mm -hmm. been younger. Mm -hmm. So um, we do reach a, a bit younger target group than we did before. Okay. And um, we do have a lot of customers who have been in our hotels before. So the rate of, of uh, customers, of loyal customers is higher 
than before. Um, the the new customers are not that. It's it's just a little bit, but it is um, visible yeah. with with the data that we That's do have great. a lot of customers returning to hotels. Yeah. That's great. Okay, excellent. Pedro, we have a question for you from Alan Young, uh, based out of Canada, and he's asking if you happen to know if the uptick in travel is within the respective countries showing an increase or is the travel international? An example he gives is that New York is increasing, but it is primarily driven by the US uh, market-based travel. I'll show you. Actually, I had this. That's one of the slides I was going to show later on. But Thanks for the uh, question, Alan. By the way. <laughs> Thanks for the, the question, Alan. So what we're seeing here is really that domestic has been holding its, you know, way above 2019 uh, levels. We had seen sort of the, oh, sorry, uh, the pent-up demand here where we were actually with demand international travel uh, in the summer and the late summer above 2019, but that has not now fallen off. So it's really sort of the, the international travel that's been uh, tapering off in the last few weeks. If mm. you look at the summer and why the summer was so strong, it was because domestic was strong and international was strong. So so we had those sort of a double whammy in the summer that really gave us that, that extra boost. And now in the winter, the domestic seems to be, you know, at least for now, holding on to a very good pattern, but actually then on the international side, things are falling off. I wanted to come back to this slide and uh, to say two things, sure. actually. Please, One please. is is this focus on upskilling workforce. And, and I do believe that this is a this is going to be a, a trend that's going to be with us for, for, for the next few years. Uh, we do have a, a staff shortage, I would say, uh, around the world, certainly in the places where, where we have customers, mostly in Western Europe and the, in the US. And I do believe that some of the, how can I say this, some of the reductions in service levels that have been done in hotels are probably going to stay forever, or yeah. at least certainly for the next few years. Uh, you know, the whole concept that, you know, certain hotels switched from hot breakfast to grab and go breakfasts, uh, as long as they're good, I think consumers are more than willing to, you know, adjust to that. Uh, I think the whole notion that um, uh, housekeeping can be optional, um, riding on the waves of uh, sustainability and, and, you know, making sure that we don't, we don't, we don't need to switch out our towels every day and, we all know how to know how to make our beds. So I think in certain segments, certainly those are trends that I believe are going to be here to stay. So that's one uh, area of the staff shortage that I think is going to have is going to drive potentially different uh, service levels from hotels. The second thing is that I believe for the first time, at least with the hotels I engage with, I don't hear any longer the, I don't need that software. I've got the night auditor. I've got th this person doing very little during the day, blah, blah, blah. And actually, you know, they're not there any longer, right? So there's not extra staff lying around in the hotel to do sort of menial jobs or, or, or mechanical jobs. So I think maybe um, for the first time in a very long time, uh, hotel owners, operators, managers will start to look at tech as a strategic tool um, to really service the guests well. And, and uh, I wonder what's gonna be done also in terms of robotization of, you know, housekeeping tasks and, uh, you know, restaurants. I, I wonder, you know, what's gonna happen in the next decade. And, you know, if we look at 2030, maybe the, the experience we're gonna have in a, I would say three-star hotel, because five-star is five-star, right? And we typically look at five-star, but five-star always has a lot of service associated with it, and you want to have that human touch. But I would say 
three-star hotels probably going to look very different 10 yeah. years down the road. And I think the pandemic is what started it, to be very honest. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And I was actually just going to say what you just said regarding the, the star level of the property. I think if they are a higher rated star, like, for example, a five-star Ritz-Carlton or a Mandarin Oriental, um, I would predict, and they may sternly disagree with me, but I think you might find that they'll hold their standard, their, their service levels, but they'll increase their prices. Absolutely, and just, yes. And they'll make sure that, that the, because the people that stay in those brands can afford it. It's that simple. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think they're going to um, change that process. But I think if you are a three-star or below or, or a budget property, I think that's when you'll start to see technology and automization, robotization, all of those things really start to uh, become more prevalent. So I think you're absolutely right. But Nadia, uh, again, let's let's ask you what, what's your feeling on that? Because you said before, you know, you you've noticed the the, the difficulty with staffing levels. So how how are you planning around that? What's your short term plans to try to resolve those issues? And and what if if you've even thought long term? How are you? Ha, has it affected the way you deliver your service levels in your hotels? And will they stick? Will it be a long term? Uh, impact mm. um short term it's hard to say but of course we we did had a closed restaurants so that's yeah. basically it if there's nobody to 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 work there you just can open a restaurant but um looking um at the next year i think digitalization does help of course a five-star hotel with a with a lot of service and personal service um it's not possible for them to digitalize everything and the customer just wants and needs uh, these things but it's i think um the right way could be to just um add digital products or digital options to yeah. the personal service you've got so for example if a customer just gets to the reception and there is a long a long uh, queue because everybody's just waiting there's only one or two receptionists just tell them well you can also uh, check in online you just get a code to your to your cell phone and just go go up to to your room you you can wait you either can wait or you can just um use the the digital um option and i think this will be um the only opportunity medium term wise to um to get uh, through this situation yeah but um, I, I i i don't disagree but again you said that you've had to shut your restaurant which obviously is a loss of revenue that's a huge revenue stream that the hotel doesn't receive anymore um yeah. so i think you know we've had think, customers that that had to shut down full floors right yeah they just didn't have the staff to open up uh, all the floors in the in the hotels it wasn't yeah. because of COVID or social distancing. It, it's just they didn't have enough people yeah. um, to to have the you know the hotel functioning properly at one hundred percent capacity. Yeah. yeah, good for us has been that the hot, uh, the two hotels are only three to four hundred uh, meters um, next to each Apart. other. So when we closed um, the one restaurant, we made sure to engage the customers to just go to the other restaurant. We okay. gave them an umbrella. We gave them a percentage, so uh, a code to to um, have a, um, um, yeah, to just have a lower um, bill at the end of yeah. the day. So we really engaged them and um, made opportunities up for them, or even with uh, other restaurants in the in the um, neighborhoods to just tell them, well, let's, let's just go there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what we did. 
Okay, great. Pedro, you brought this slide up. Did you want to talk about this? One? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to look at some forward-looking data. I think that's always an important thing to, to do, yeah. right? And this, this is demand data overall, you know, number of bookings, and then for sort of the, 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 the shoulder season, the high season, and the, and the, and the low season. Obviously, we're, we're deep into low season, but, and we're trending with 2019, a little bit below 2019, but nothing up until not now. And again, these are, this is data as of last week. Um, so up until now, nothing indicates that this, um, this new variant is going to have a tremendous effect. I don't know, maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll know more. And we always have this conversation here, not now for a year and a half, or say, you know, next month we'll know more. Uh, yeah. And we never know a lot. Well, <laughs> so, things are changing so much. You know? That's so <laughs> dynamic at the moment. So it's very difficult. But, but I think this sort of indicates, you know, that things are not as dire as you may think by mm -hmm. looking at the news, right? I, that's sort of what I wanted to do to do here is certainly we had a good summer with you know a significant amount of the summer above 2019 we had a really great october as nadia was saying possibly for many hotels the best october ever um yeah. and and uh and now uh and now things are not looking as dire as uh when you read the news and you hear about lockdowns in austria and this and that and the other so yeah so exactly. hopefully hopefully you know this is low season anyway a lot of the travel is domestic anyway, so we'll see um, how 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 things are gonna, you know, yeah, pan definitely. out. Yep, yep. Okay, excellent. We are uh, coming up to the forty-fifth minute of our session, so we we, we should be c closing very shortly. But I have uh, one other question that came in from Sasha Dalik from Wyndham Hotels and Resorts for Nadia, and his question is: When talking about CRM, how do you get the guests coming in from those OTA into your communication streams? Mm -hmm. Actually, that's one of our biggest pain because um, OTAs don't make it very easy for us. So um, basically what we do is, first of all, um, ask the cus customer the moment uh, he is booking through an OTA, you can, you can do uh, direct messages and you just tell them, well, uh, thank you for your booking. We need your email uh, if we want to contact you, yeah, you can only open links and stuff, uh, which you need for online check-in and for COVID information. If you um, inform us with your uh, with your direct email, um, that's the first thing. And then um, it's a change process with the reception. So we just told them why we need the data, why we need the email address, why it is so important for us, and um, that's really had an effect. Uh, and increase the the um, rate we had uh, with our direct emails instead of some links from Booking.com or yeah. other OTAs. It's not just only Booking.com. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, guys, I think we should wrap it up here, and uh, we'll say thank you to everybody who joined us. Uh, thanks for your interactive and your questions. It's been very, very uh, entertaining. It's very, very exciting. It's always good <laughs> to see people engage. So thank you, everybody, for, for joining us and um, for asking questions. And Nadia, again, thank you so much thank for you. taking time out to spend thank with us again. on this session. We really appreciate you doing that. 
And Pedro, as always, it's uh, it's lovely to see you. It's lovely yeah, to have you I, here. I, and... I promise I'll shoot for the next one. Sorry, it was a holiday oh, yesterday. Hey, no, I thought I, I thought you might be doing what you know. <laughs> you know, you know I, I thought I might be having an influence on you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe who knows? <laughs> I thought it's because of Christmas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. All Santa Claus, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Thank you very much. Thank Until you. next time, we'll say bye -bye. goodbye. Bye bye. bye, -bye.